Welcome, everyone, to the Freddie and Alyssa Show. This is our holiday special. As you can tell by the hat, by the tree, by the decorations, we have transformed our living room into a studio today. We wanted to do it a little extra special, and I'm kind of having a little nostalgia about you and I sitting across from one another because we've been talking to camera now for about six months. Now we're back to sitting across from each other for this episode. I feel very connected to my wife. You do, do you? Well, I feel very connected to you as well, and I really feel like anytime we sit down, we put the headsets on, there's a mic in front of us, we're truly focusing on each other because when we talked to camera before, I do love that. I feel like I'm able to really connect with the audience, but when we sit and it's really just an intimate conversation between us, I feel like it's easier to get lost in the conversation. It's less performative. Absolutely. So, so maybe moving into 2022, we kind of just switch it up. Switch you know, it up, we'll baby. do some maybe talking back and forth. I know we wanted to talk about bringing guests back on, and then maybe doing some to camera, depending on the topics. Yes. Because I think the setup kind of can create a little bit of the ambiance that episodes need and everything like that. But today, I'm very excited to chat with you. A lot of big stuff happening. Yeah. And there's a really exciting moment happening on this very day. Yeah that I can't wait to ask you all about. Um, Selling Tampa is out December 15th today on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And um, you kind of have a little bit of an inside scoop with Allure Realty. And I know that you have uh, a little bit of background because you've been working with them. How did that all start? And how excited you are to see this Netflix show show come come on? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I just got to say, these women are making history. I feel so honored to just be a part of such a dynamic, fearless, bold, intelligent, just powerful group of women. You know what I mean? And when I became a real estate agent, that is what I was looking for in a brokerage. I wanted that synergy, that sisterhood. And when I first became an agent, I was with another brokerage and I just felt like that piece of me was missing. I always envisioned that this is what it would be like. And so crazy enough through social media, back when I was looking, a lower realty came up and I go, these girls are just like bomb. You know, they just had it together. Their social media and branding was on point. And I go, you know, let's get a meeting and see if we're a good fit. And the second I met everyone, I mean, it was just absolutely lights out incredible and so yeah i've been working with this group of women for quite some time now and i'm just so proud of them for what they're doing and with the show and it's just a really exciting time it's it's thrilling to be on the other end of it and watch them all experiencing it because yeah. it's it's just coming out now and it's coming out as a spin-off of selling sunset which selling sunset is massively successful So I know with this group of women and their stories and just Tampa as the backdrop, I know this is going to be so successful. So I'm just so excited for them. And to be a part of it, you know, you feel it. You feel the energy and it's it's fantastic. Yeah, it really really is. Because with being a realtor, did you know prior to hopping into this industry how important a brokerage is? Is that ever really talked about in the in the industry, or were we just hmm. not aware of it? That's a really great question because I remember when I was studying, you know that you want to find a brokerage that is a great fit for you. But I think you know, years and years and years ago, you probably don't think about that 
when you think about real estate, and especially before the shows, even there's million dollar listing, you have all these shows that give you an inside look yeah. at what this world is like. So that's a great question. I don't think in the very, very beginning I knew about it, but once you start learning, it's a really important piece of your business because this is the group of you know individuals you you might be working with you might be co-listing with you might you know just be learning from and some brokerages are really big allure is a boutique brokerage so you know super tiny we're all in a group text together we're all there for one another like ah, i need this you know for sale sign who has it? you know just it's so yeah. fun we're all we're all there we have each other's backs but you know not all brokerages are like that some have hundreds of agents and it might be different you could have your coaches but I don't know I just knew what I was looking for and I really felt like when I met this group at Allure that I just I knew it was it you know yeah it just well, felt right well because I think because what, what do you think one of the advantages are of being with a boutique boutique agency and then do you think that is important for new agents is it like what? What are some benefits? Like, if a new agent's listening and they're like, "I want to be an, an agency," should they look for like, you know, these big, big companies or boutique? Is every individual different? Like, what's your experience in that, or what kind of advice would you give? I feel like depending on what the agent is looking for, a boutique agency could be great. If they're looking to, you know, jump right in and get just resources from a company that has, you know many agents and many agents that are going through training programs, that could be great too. Because with boutique agencies, sometimes they want experienced agents. They might not already be there like wanting to hold your hand through it. You know, they, they want people who are go-getters ready to go. So it depends what the boutique brokerage is looking for as well. And then remind me again too, what was your so when you were, because I know that you jumped into real estate very quickly, you had a lot of deals going through very fast, and you kind of went with the brokerage to kind of hang your license. Um, but then you were you were like, I need to find a home. What was the thing that attracted you to Allure yeah. originally? Because now that the show's out, everyone knows everyone Allure knows, Realty. Of course. Um, and it's interesting how, how just that moment of having exposure can truly change people's lives and businesses mm -hmm. of really getting that platform yep. to share your story, to let people get to know you. I can only imagine the amount of phone calls everyone's going to be getting <laughs> at that brokerage. Um, but before it was on Netflix, like you, you found this brokerage eight months before yeah. the show even aired. So without the seeing it on Netflix, what? how did you find Allure or what made you want to reach out? Well, it's funny because I got my license and the very next day, my first client was under co contract trying to buy a home in this crazy seller's market back during spring of 2021. So for anyone listening in Florida, I mean, it's still a crazy market, but back then, I mean, it was just intense. There were so many offers on, you know, one house that's up for a day. And it's it was really, really hard as a buyer. So here I am, you know, as a newer agent, and I go, I just need to get with any brokerage, you know, someone who can kind of guide me through this. So I had a referral and I went with another brokerage. Then my next deal came, you know, a couple weeks later as a listing agent. And you know, the mentorship of this brokerage, you know, it was all fine. It was good. I'm very grateful for them helping me do my first few deals. But I knew in that second deal that I was just looking for more. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I really was looking for a group that I could grow and grind with and and have friendships and like feel like that true family. Yeah. I just knew that's what I wanted. And as amazing and lovely as everyone was at this other brokerage, it was just a different vibe for me. And I knew yeah. like real estate's a lifestyle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just wanted that forever home that I could see long-term growth. So when I saw Lore, I just so appreciated their branding. That is everything, especially in real estate and in this day and age. Mm-hmm. You need your social media on point. Um, and, you know, you know, social media is really big for me. That's just something I've spent many, many, many years growing and building. And so I found them through a hashtag. <laughs> and I go, this yeah. is why it's meant to be, you know. Um, and I remember looking at just their beautiful aesthetic of everything they had and the way that they would share their agents and who they are and like even cut to current day, they had the most beautiful website built. I think it's yeah. allorealtyhomes.com and you can see all of the agents, all of their bios, everything about the show and the brokerage and they, they just get it. So that was yeah. that was the first thing that I really felt that that's what attracted me. Then I met them. Yes. And I was just like, it's... It, <laughs> They're just so amazing. Our broker, Sherelle, I mean, I don't think I've ever met a kinder human. Like, I really feel she wants us all to win. And that is so satisfying and just so appreciated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times in life, I mean, you. so you and I lived in L.A. for, what, 15 years. You meet a lot of people. LA is a crazy place. You work there for 10 years and you just meet all different sorts of individuals. And moving back to Florida, um, I didn't know. I'd never lived in Central Florida. I lived in South Florida. That's where I was raised. Everyone was great. But, you know, you're always curious what's a group of individuals going to be like in this area. And everyone is amazing. Like some of my girls from the brokerage literally will text me just these really positive, uplifting, like, hey, just remember you're amazing today. I love you, whatever. And it's just that kind of stuff. Like, I've never really had that. I I wonder if it's a combination between us just getting older Hmm. and we're also meeting people at who we are today. Hmm. And uh, I think that has something to do with it. And then I also think there's Hollywood and there's Los Angeles. Like, that's a place of its own. Yeah. So I think the combination of maybe us just being, when we were out there at 19 years old, 18, 21, 22, who were we presenting ourselves to, to people who were mature and had opportunities for us? Like, I really felt hmm. like we were like, kind of like a little more punk kids. Sure. But, but, and then you can never really shake that. Like, there's a lot of people that knew us at 18, 19, 20, 22, 23, no matter how much personal growth you've had, mm-hmm. deep down, they're like, proud of you. Wow, you've come a long way. Yeah. But we all know. <laughs> we all know. I love when you kind of move and you start a new chapter. Yeah. Even people outside the brokerage that we're meeting. Absolutely. All the friends that we're making here, you get this unique experience of being able to present the hard work you've done on yourself and be like, this is the new and improved, mature, personally developed me, still a work in progress. Yep. But you get to present yourself with all this experience as a business person, as an adult, with experience of being interested in others. Yep. And so I think that kind of has a lot to do with it. And And I don't know because all we've ever lived in is Hollywood. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe Florida's just different, but if we move to like Montana, are people like cool there too? I think so. I just think there's something about Hollywood that it's so fast paced. 
It's all in who you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what can everyone do for one another? And it's almost a little bit, how can I use someone to get to the top? Yeah. And I might not take you with, with me. Right. Where here, even with your what you're experiencing, you can definitely feel it's like, hey, we're going to build this so that we can all win. Mm-hmm. And you really need that in business. Absolutely. You need a group of people to grow with so that you can share. Because building a business, whether it's real estate, no matter what other business it is, it can be lonely mm-hmm. if you're not around other entrepreneurs because it's yes. such a roller coaster and you need someone to celebrate with. And also, I'm curious how you feel about this as well. When you surround yourself with people who are kind of in the same field that you are, have the same ambitions you are, and in a lot of the times are more successful than you are, it kind of allows you to really shine and be yourself because it it comes off bragging in certain circles, right. but it comes off ambitious when you're at like a brokerage like Allure or in other successful groups where you're just like, you know what, I'm really hustling to have a seven-figure year. And they're just like, hey, I remember my first time getting my first seven-figure year. Like, keep going. You're, you're doing great. I believe in you. But sometimes if you're in other circles, it's like, yeah, like, what, what are you looking for, you know, for this year? It's like, well, I really want to clear a million dollars this year. And it's like, it sounds like you're bragging yeah. if it's not the general consensus of that circle of people. And sometimes you feel a little self-conscious. So there's times that I find myself just being very quiet about my goals. Like, we share a lot on social media. Mm-hmm. But I've really learned this year of I'm doing a lot of like work quietly Absolutely. and sharing what I want to share to be inspirational and entertaining. But I'm also just kind of recalibrating and and I just want to show through actions of yep. what we're doing. But well, yeah, it's interesting you say that because another thing I was really looking for in a brokerage was working with a group of people that inspired me on the daily so that my goals and my big visions, like it's always that thing of, I feel like maybe Gary Vee is the one who's talked about this, but when you're talking with, you know, an individual and we're like, yeah, we do a podcast a week for four years and you know, someone else might look at that and go, wow, like that's so much. But if we were to sit and talk to Gary Vee and tell him that he'd be like, you're not doing enough. Why aren't yeah. you doing two a week? Why aren't you doing three a week? Yeah. So in a brokerage, I was looking for a group that was crushing it too and really, really had big dreams and goals and visions yeah. because that would allow me to continue to go, okay, I need to step my game up. I need to step my game up. Like literally every day I'm inspired by these women and I'm like, I got to keep going. I need another deal. We need to make this happen. And it yeah. just really is that like healthy spirit of saying, hey, you got this, keep going, keep going. And I Mm -hmm. thrive off of that. I love that in life. I love that in business. And it's just just so refreshing because sometimes too, at least in my experience with the other brokerage I was at, it wasn't really as close-knit of a community. So I didn't really know any of the agents. You know, it, it wasn't like that. But with Allure, I just instantly felt that. And I looked at them and all their work and I was just like, dang, like I love this. Yeah, and it's going to be very interesting to see just what it's going to become. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, being in Hollywood, we've, we've known a lot of actors and actresses, a lot of reality stars, people who have, you know, quote-unquote, air quotes, made it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they set out to do that. Sure. What's interesting is that this is the first group of people that weren't pursuing a career in entertainment, and it happened. Hmm. So I'm curious to see like again real people getting the spotlight 
not people who have grinded and have tried to make the spotlight. I think the feeling's different. And we've witnessed all the people, like even including myself, you, all of our friends who went out there, auditioned, booked it, got in the spotlight. There's a different feeling than when somebody who's building another business gets the spotlight put on them. So I think they're, they're, I think it's going to be just over the moon perfect for them. I do too. And because they're going to they're gonna blow up humbly mm-hmm. and it's just going to all seem great. Like I think the fame, I think the attention is not going to go to their head. They understand what it's going to do for their business. Well, you know what else is quite interesting? So this group of agents, they are all wildly personally developed, great mm-hmm. humans. So when you pair something like fame with that, they're ready yes. for it. They've built businesses, they're entrepreneurs, they're agents, you know, it takes yeah. a lot to do that. And even Anne-Sophie and Raina were on one of the morning talk shows doing a little press for the show. And Anne-Sophie was like, and guys, we are actual agents. We're real agents. We were working at this brokerage mm-hmm. before the show. We don't have acting experience. You know, that this is what they do because I feel a lot of times with these shows, you know, they, they, you question, you go, is this real? Yeah. But it's so cool that, of course it is. Well, yeah, that they're, they're actual there agents doing yeah. the deals. And yeah, what it's going to do for, because um, that, that's basically what I've seen watching you do it too, is that, you know, real estate and a lot of different sales games, you can know every law in real estate. You can know every neighborhood. You can know how to do uh, home evaluations. You can know everything. If you never acquire a client, then you're not a real estate agent. You are in the eyes of the state, but the entire game is how do you acquire clients? Well, I think I heard 1% of agents do 99% of business. Now, I heard that in LA, but I do think there's a similar number in general. Maybe well, it's not as drastic because it, just like anything, it's 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 fleeting. Like you you ha- and, and and you had a really good compliment from a friend who said um, that you were working with on a deal, and he was surprised to see that you've only been an agent for less than a year. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, you've been an agent for less than a year, but you've been in sales and marketing for eight. So and, and that's the thing. Yeah, you need to learn the laws and contracts and you need to learn like the administrative stuff and you did for real estate. But what I believe is the heartbeat of an agent is how are you working on yourself to be attractive energy-wise mm-hmm. to attract clients to your business and that's been an 8-year run for you. <laughs> Understanding how to speak to people, how not to be thirsty. And we still experience it. You know, when when we get hit up on social media for all different types of things. Yep. I would say out of 100 messages, only only one out of 100 will write a correct message hmm. trying to sell us or get us as a client or any other thing or like, can we do this for the podcast or can you want to do this deal or 99 are completely wrong. And it's because their posture isn't correct on how to be attractive, how to message someone correctly. And that's what takes years to learn. Mm-hmm. But everything you've learned leading up to this point is why you're ready for it. Right. And that's what's also just amazing to watch is just like the work put in. But sales is, is fun because there's no yes. ceiling. Well, and you're always working with different people. 
That's what's been really cool. So obviously you have the team of people that are similar. You know, if you have a lender that you prefer to work with um, or inspector, title companies, I mean, those can change obviously on every deal, but there are always new clients. And with that comes new areas sometimes. It comes, you know, just a lot of different things. And I think that's a part of real estate I love because I love people and I thrive off of their energy and just, you know, seeing what it is that they want and helping them find it. I think at the end of the day, that is something I really, really adore about it is finding someone like their dream, essentially. You know what I mean? Like it's just such a rewarding feeling and your clients always should come first, make them number one. And it's just cool because once that deal is done, I always get a little bittersweet because that's just how I am. And I'm like, but I've been working with you nonstop. And I just feel like all my clients have become friends of mine. Well, yeah. You it's know? such an intimate yeah, uh, experience buying a house. and Probably the biggest purchase most people make in their lifetime. Yeah. So to be trusted with that responsibility too says a lot. So Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm really looking forward to diving into real estate more. Um, I know you and I are going to look into real estate investing in 2022 as well. Um, and I just think that's what we needed to kind of find because coming from the entertainment business and getting into content creation, the nucleus, our thing was the entertainment business. Mm -hmm. Once we left, there was a hole of like, well, what's the content built around? Right. Right. Like our life was exciting enough because we were leaving LA, moving to Florida, getting married, finding a place to live. So our mm-hmm. lifestyle was interesting enough. But now that we're like settled in to start this like real for like I feel like 2022 is going to be like the beginning chapter. We yeah. needed like this 18 months to figure everything out. But now I really want the nucleus to be this new industry of real estate, real estate investing and being able to build content around that mm-hmm. and really dive back into the personal development aspect, the business aspect. I'm huge. I love all the tech. I want to get more into the blockchain and Web 3.0 as we're moving forward, and really focusing on the business portion, being like the nucleus, and then still being able to share everything going on in our lives, yeah. but have that core business that you can like hustle and grind. And I love that there's no ceiling. That is something I was really missing for a while is there, there you can just you can do as much or as little as you want right and i think that's fascinating well so also too with the real estate investing you know i know we've talked a bit quite a bit about you and your dad doing some flipping because yeah. he knows how to do all of that essentially did he not he's built he's built 20 homes in his life really mm-hmm. including the one that you grew up in that one, uh, yes and they've lived there for what 30 years um, no longer, because you were born there. Yeah, 77, I think they had. Wow. Had since. Mm-hmm. So then he would essentially, because our, our, our dream is to be able to next year purchase like a fixer-upper home that I essentially would love to live in for a little bit, but that's just how I am. I love well, to put my roots down. Yeah. Um, we've, yeah, we've agreed. I think that's smart. I think that's a good idea. But you and your dad would go in. And do you think we should just do cosmetic flipping? Do you, like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what would you love to learn and love to do? Because you already know how to do a lot of it from him. I do. I do. That was the cool part of, like, of growing up. And and this is what's weird how life brings you down all these paths. Yeah. 
like how interesting that like I, ever since 2015, I started learning about real estate and real estate investing just for fun. Yep. I follow all the real estate people from Grant Cardone, Graham Stephan, Phil Pusiowski, or P- whatever yes. his last name oh, is. Oh, I remember that. And I've done so much research of understanding like the like just everything about real estate and the fact that I have done everything that there has that there can be done in a house from building additions to flooring to cement driveways to fencing to ditches to plumb I mean everything yeah I grew up doing that with my dad but then I was I went into entertainment it was kind of like well I'm not going to do that anymore but now that it's come full circle my dad's retired I know that he wants to do projects and with you being the real estate agent us being able to do fixer-uppers and build equity in the homes then being able to do investment properties whether we rent them out or flip them it's just all in the same nucleus, knowing the areas, because if we flip a house in this area, you might have a client that's for it, or there's someone at the brokerage or someone else that you meet, and it all goes together, but you can build a wonderful company with all those aspects. Mm-hmm. And then the last part, which sometimes I get ahead of myself, so I'm like, I don't know, but with you having the real estate portion of this, the only other portion that I feel could be beneficial to us would be potential lending being a loan officer. Mm-hmm. And I think the benefit of that is my 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 fun when it comes to real estate would be, you know, just us making content in general where people are aware that you're an agent and people can reach out. Acquisition right. is super important. And also running all the numbers. Like the lending portion of it could be cool. And once I learned that you make about 1%, give or take, when you're a lender, yeah, it's like if I did the lending for every one of your buyers – that would be an additional 1% commission on top of every deal. So potentially it could be a 4% commission on every buyer that we help. But the biggest benefit that I'm realizing, even though we're working with great people, it reminds me of what it was like being in Los Angeles when you were with an agency. Because when you're with an agency, um, you know there's about 500 clients that an agent has. Now there's maybe like 10 agents, there's assistants. So there's about 20 people who can wrangle these 500 people. But time is of the f- essence. Mm-hmm. So when a breakdown would come out, that's when the networks, when the um, studios, when independent filmmakers, like when there were roles that need cast, they would come out in the breakdown. So at noon, the every agent in the town or whenever time it would be would open up their laptop and go, female, 27 to 32. Who do we got? We got Amber. Let's submit Amber. Next, 80 to 90-year-old. Is Tom in town? Let's get. To- let's call this up. They're going through their list of 500 people. They might not get to the 25-year-old Caucasian kid until 5.30, me. By the time they submit me, they already filled their casting roster with 100 people, and they're like, oh, we only have a few more spots. We're going to try to get names to come in, and I don't even get the audition. Or they're booked completely. Or they're booked completely. So I miss out on that audition because they didn't get to me because there's 500 people. Well, I'm starting to see the same thing happen in lending lenders Hmm. are working with 17 different agents and they have all these clients so if we have a client who sends paperwork wednesday at two they might not get till till friday at four Hmm. so for two days we lose two days yeah and i'm thinking to myself well if they send it at two o'clock and i just pull it up and go let's do this hey what else do you need then you're in the loop yep you do it and i'm only focusing on your thing so i can still do fixer-uppers we can still build the business together and I can do some lending. Now, I'm sure it's going to be more work than what I'm imagining. But at the same time, we were imagining real estate, and it's exactly what we thought. Yeah. If you're good with people, if you know acquisition, 
you're going to build a great business. Well, and not to mention with the lending aspect, you are numbers obsessed. That is yeah. what you do. That like, is... I would not want to do the contracts or anything like no, that, your side no, of it. No, but that's, and you know, you and I have done a lot of business ventures together and we, I think we've always known our different strengths and weaknesses and it just happened to work out that we both kind of have opposite of strengths. So we come yeah. together and it always works really well. So having you do something like that, because I know when it comes to business, we are just on it. We like things quick. We want things done fast. That, that's just how we are. That's how we're built. And I mean, we're the kind of people that we'd miss like a holiday if we had to go do work or whatever it is. I mean, that's just kind of how we are. I don't know why that is, but you know, we're in a season of our life where this is what's most important, you know, grind, hustle, make it happen. And that's another interesting thing because we don't have kids yet. So number one baby is the business. So I just think all of these different things of us working it together would be really efficient. Well, and and I think that's what I've also realized. If, If I had to say one of our weaknesses is uh, one of our strengths and weaknesses put together over all the, these past five years of, of, or actually eight years, I, sh- I should say, of building different different sorts of businesses is that we've done it all ourselves, which mm-hmm. I'm very proud of us that we learn new skills from graphic design to editing to copyright to um, videography to half-ass lighting. Um, <laughs> what do you mean half-ass lighting? I mean, it you could be like way better. It today. could be way better. Um, but... <laughs> we're doing so much of our own running advertising. There are people that you can pay $80,000 a year to who are going to run all your ads. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be someone who's going to edit all your clips. And I think I'm so happy that we've dabbled in all of it. But once we go full time into real estate and we go through all of this and that's our hub, I would love to be able to hire people to be a producer, an executive assistant, an editor, and an advertiser and be able to automate and outsource everything else. Like imagine, because if if I think about adding all that extra in, being like, how are we going to manage all this? Well, you do it with people. Mm -hmm. If I don't have to go edit for four hours right now, I could go and look for a house, a fixer upper, or I could go work on the house, or I could do a a lending deal. You know what I mean? So I can't wait to outsource where we can just focus, wake up, work out, real estate, and content. Today's episode is sponsored by Truebill. How many free trial subscriptions end up costing you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars long after forgetting to cancel? Fight back against scammy subscriptions with Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Alyssa and I, we talk about getting our monthly overhead down low so we have more money to invest in ourselves and our business. And Truebill really helped us do that. There's many different subscriptions that I just left on. I was like, oh, I'll get it next month. I'll get it next month. But trying to log into 17 different companies and passwords and all this stuff, Truebill makes it simple. And we're so grateful. This app is awesome. And we really, really enjoy it. Truebill has over 2 million users. And it's helped them save over $100 million. Like Matthew B., who says, 
In a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill, saved $120 for the year on my SiriusXM bill, and saved $840 a year on car insurance. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash Freddie and Alyssa. Go right now. Truebill.com slash Freddie and Alyssa. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash Freddie and Alyssa. Today's episode is also sponsored by Green Chef. Green Chef makes cooking easy so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. Green Chef's pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressing, and spices get you more chef-curated flavor in less time. Avoid the long lines at the grocery store. Green Chef is so convenient. They deliver everything to your house. And that's what I love about Green Chef is that they will get everything portioned for you. So it just comes to your door. You can cook. You also get the recipes. And I've learned so much by using Green Chef that I apply to their meals, but I also learn the different ways of cooking or different ingredients that go well together. And I'll apply that to other meals as well, which is one of my favorite things. Um, Green Chef also handpicks organic veggies, premium protein. This way you can feel good about what you're eating. And depending on your lifestyle, you all know how strict I've been lately on what I've been eating. So Green Chef has options including keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, gluten-free, carb-conscious, plant-based, you name it, they've got it. Um, and also too, Green Chef's pre-portioned ingredients mean that you'll actually reduce your food waste by at least 25% compared to grocery shopping, which is awesome. So check out this deal. Go to greenchef.com slash FAS10 and use code FAS10 to get 10 free meals, including free shipping. Go to greenchef.com slash FAS10 and use code FAS10 to get 10 free meals, including free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. I was a guest on um, a podcast called Mind of a Mentor. And when I logged on, um, her producer was on there as well. And I was like, oh, it's going to be so nice to not have to be the producer yourself. Yeah. And you have someone else who handles everything. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things as you continue to grow in anything in life, you want to make sure that your because time is the most valuable thing that we have. Yes. Truly. And you want to make sure that you, with your skill set, your most incredible talents that only you have to give this world, you want to make sure you have all the time in the world. To do just that. To do just that. If there are other people who can handle other things, then it's figuring out a way to outsource that so that you are just doing what you were here to do. Mr. Beast had the, uh, the best clip. He goes, for creators that are feeling any sort of burnout, he goes, what about it don't you like? Outsource that. Yep. And it's like, yes. That's what it is. I I feel that we know what we're best at. Mm -hmm. And even though I think I'm a really good editor. You are. And I really do enjoy it. It's almost like a hobby, even though, you know what I mean? But sure. I will eventually outsource maybe the clips. Okay. But when it comes to editing the podcast, that doesn't take – if I'm going to do a vlog, that has a storytelling personality to it aspect. where edits matter. But editing this back and forth just takes someone who's an editor. Right. And then cutting clips is the same thing. Mm -hmm. Cutting it into a TikTok, cutting it into a reel, into a YouTube short, doing the audio, uploading mm -hmm. the audio is more administrative editing 
and you know, like that. So maybe if there's ever a vlog, but then you meet people like Brian that we had in LA. Mm -hmm. He had an eye making our vlog so cool back in the day when we were paying. True guy. So you can find the right people. Um, Well, so what do you think about editing per se a TikTok? Do you like doing that? Yeah. I mean, that's when you're real, real spoiled. Like when you're, <laughs> you know, when you're making a lot of, that, that's what it basically boils down to is that how much can you spend on it? Yeah. And hmm. I just love that we're finally at this stage, which kind of circles back to, um, you know, even with the women at the brokerage of getting this, um, this, this fame, if you want to call it attention at their age and their success mm-hmm. in real estate they're going to handle it extremely well. Yeah. We have seen it time and time again, getting rich and famous at 22 rather than at oh 30, gosh. 40, 50. You can handle it because you know who you are. Mm-hmm. You've already had, you've already had challenges in life. So even for someone like us, as we start making more money, we would have ruined it. We would have bought the fancy car. We kind of did at some point um, where we just spent money stupidly but now we've learned. So this next wave of success, yeah. financial success, we're going to spend it on hiring people, yeah. on running more advertising, on investing in real estate before we do it with ourselves of like material stuff. Right. So that's how I look at it. If we're like, oh, great, we make X amount of money. This will cover a gig worker of an editor for three months. Let's do that. As long as after those three months, the money was worth spending. Of course. Which it would. Because the only reason we don't do more podcasts is because of the back end. If I just had to sit down for an hour and a half on Tuesday and Thursday, that's <laughs> nothing. But to do it for eight hours Tuesday, Thursday, yeah. and then the members podcast Sunday plus everything else in life and content, you're like, ah, I can't do that many podcasts. It has to be just one. Do you remember when we did three podcasts a week? Was it three or four? Or four. But that's all we were doing. I know. I know. You can manage just that. We were doing three. um, But I think a lot of it was during the pandemic. And then we were kind of doing TikTok, but reels weren't. It it was just a different time. That's true. We weren't doing any other like real estate stuff. It was just basically just just podcasting because that's what (laughs) we could do. That's why we did so many. Yeah. Um, Well, what do you – well, before we hop into I really want to ask you what you learned this year because we've had just one heck of a year – uh, as we're closing out the the year here with this podcast, I want to talk about 2022 a little bit, which we kind of just did. But um, uh, what's uh, w- are you all set for for tomorrow or for Thursday when it comes to the event? Oh, for the premiere, premiere. of selling Tampa, we have an actual premiere party. I'm really excited to go to it. Um, I've got my dress. I'm waiting on my earrings to still arrive. I, would you believe I ordered them December second, and they got stuck with shipping and all of that so supposedly it'll be here on time we'll see but we have to get you your suit jacket yeah i'll just run and grab one uh, you'll run and grab just one run and grab one yeah. and you need a bow tie sir it's black tie red carpet tie. event bring your a game <laughs> i know it's gonna be uh well i i i i thought i'd have to get a whole new suit because i didn't know when i would ever fit back into my suit pants but okay. i actually did and uh, Thursday is going to be four months of my diet. Four complete, months? Four months completion. Oh. So 120 days will be um, Thursday. But yeah, share... I fit my suit pants again, which is great. I love that. And now you only have to get a suit jacket. But quickly, will you share 
when you say a diet for four months, like what exactly does that mean? Were you following anything specific or what, what were you eating? What was your diet? Yeah. So I, I started off doing the whole 30 diet. I saw a friend at work years ago lose a lot of weight and uh, the Whole30 diet, you can look that up online, but essentially it's eating foods that essentially have just one ingredient. Meaning if you look at a potato, it just says potato. If you look at beef ingredients, beef, blueberries, blueberries, banana. So eating things that just on the ingredient package says one ingredient, or it's a combination of ingredients that are real that you can read. So if it says apple cider vinegar and it says, you know, parsley, you're like, I know what that is. So it's whatever's mixed in. I don't know what the hell that would be. <laughs> but uh, but so I start off with the whole 30 just because I wanted I need a strict diet because moderation isn't really my thing. Um, oh, we I would I would rather just <laughs> not like I can't just have a piece of pizza. Like if I'm going to order pizza, I'm going to eat the pizza. So I go, what what do I need to get rid of? So I did the whole 30. I got rid of everything I did. No, um, no bread, no flour, no refined sugar, um, no processed food, uh, like no rice. I did, uh, base, no alcohol. So I did just fruits, vegetables, and meat, and then almonds the first 30 days. Then after that, I started like changing it up briefly. I added in Ezekiel, low sodium toast, almond butter, pistachios, um, but here I am 120 days in, I, I still haven't had any processed food. I haven't had any refined sugar. Like I've not had one bite. I've had no dairy. I've had not one piece of cheese, not one bite of cheese, not one bite of ice cream, not one piece of chocolate, not one piece of, not even French, nothing. I have eaten 100% clean. Maybe if there were some butter or something on like a salmon when I went out. Mm -hmm. So maybe there was a little bit of here and there kind of thing, but but yeah, so that's basically my entire diet because I know people have asked me on Instagram. What I'm doing now is I wake up, I have two pieces of Ezekiel toast in the morning with almond butter. Then for lunch, I will have a baked potato, some hard-boiled eggs, and if I have any leftover meat from the night before, I'll throw that on there as well. But like a day like today, I just had a baked potato and some hard-boiled eggs. Then I'll have for dinner, I'll have some meat. So it'll either be turkey or beef with some peppers and onions. And I'll just eat that. Mm -hmm. And then for a dessert, I eat an entire bag of frozen blueberries with a handful of pistachios. So I get frozen blueberries. They're about 200 calories per bag. But it's a big bag. Put some pistachios on it. So I eat basically four times. And that's what I eat. And if there's days that I'm feeling like extra hungry... I'll have two more pieces of toast with almond butter with coffee around like six before dinner because I just love doing that. But that's all I'll do. I'll have some bubbly water, coffee, and then I eat that. I also eat salmon, asparagus, you know, things like that. If I'm out to eat, I'll yeah. always order salmon. Now, do you feel like you've gotten over the cravings portion or is there anything that you've really been craving lately? Alcohol. <laughs> um, that's the hardest for me. Okay. Everything else, like I could, I mean, can you beat a Big Mac? No. Yeah. But it's how I feel, how I, um, how my clothes fit, how I'm sleeping. Everything about my life is worth more than the Big Mac. Hmm. But the beer is still going, hey, excuse me. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It's Christmas. <laughs> So I, I, I do want to, I don't know when, but I definitely want to incorporate alcohol back in at some point. 
But um, but yeah, I would say other than that, I could care less. So no, you've never really been a sweets guy. Never though. been a sweets guy. It's always savory. Th- th- those frozen blueberries and pistachios. I look forward to it every single night. It is so good. And that's all. Yeah, that's it. Honestly, that's the only thing. And and that's why even this holiday, and I know everyone's telling me, even the family, they're like, you're going to go out with all the guys and not have a beer golfing, or you're going to play games and not have a drink. And I still haven't made my mind up yet, but I just love the feeling of accomplishment. Because again, back to our entrepreneurial conversation, there's weeks that are good, there's days that are good, but sometimes you have a bad day where deals fall through or things don't work out and you're feeling down. But when I go to bed at night and I look at my dry erase board, I was like, look, none of this, nothing went right today in business, but I did not have processed food. I did not have alcohol. And I know that I am doing good stuff for my body and my health. And I'm another day. And the momentum of seeing 117 days up on the dry erase board is really hard to mess up. As soon as I have one sip, that resets to zero. So on day four, it's like, well... It's only four days. I'll start again after this weekend. Right. I, the, the momentum of looking at that big number, and I get to be proud of myself every day. So no matter what happens throughout the day, when I go to bed at night, I go, 117 days, baby. But think about even your gut health, how much better it is, because that's one thing for me. I could be a lot better at really looking at what I put inside my body because when it comes to diet, I'm, I have like a very balanced personality. I feel like that's where we differ. You're like zero to a hundred mm-hmm. where I'm like, well, if I want the pizza, I'll have it, but I'm just going to have, you know, something like a salad for dinner. However, I do eat, um, you know, like I'm not that crazy about what I eat. And I know that I could be more thoughtful and intentional about it because remember Dr. Amen? Yeah. So he always talks about brain health and foods that are good for the body, foods that aren't. And I feel like almost everything he shares on Instagram, because his videos will pop up all the time, I'm like, well, dang, I love that. I eat that all the time. And there are all these different things that if you really break it down and you look at what they do to your body, it's not great. So I would be interested one day to maybe just be a little more intentional about that and not have as many preservatives or because you know how I am. Like, it's it's hard for me. If I want the bag of chips, like, I do it. Well, but it's yeah, mindset, I don't know. I, guess. It, I think that I mean, that's the biggest thing that that everyone struggles with. Uh, you know, how, how do you like we have we have created a society um, and this is coming from a guy who would down a Domino's pizza and a six pack of beer. So take this lightly. I'm 117 <laughs> days where I've got that I can talk about. But um, where if you're doing something fun, mm-hmm. you're eating cookies, you're drinking, you're like, even if we're going to go play games or go golfing, yeah. why does having a beer have to happen? Like, why, why do I need to eat pie for dessert? Like, why not just my thing of blueberries afterwards? Right. So if you're going to be healthy, you have all this peer pressure. That's it's considered too. weird. But at the same time, you don't want to keep eating crap because of what you can do to your body, but then you also want to live a little. Right. Like, what's the point of living to 96 years old and you've never had a burger or a beer? Right. Like, I mean, good for you, but there's been some wonderful times of drinking and hanging out with friends that that is special. So I, I just think what, what this four months has taught me is like, how do I have a better relationship with food and alcohol moving forward where... I need some sort of definite in-stone schedule. 
Mm-hmm. I can't just go, well, I'll just have a couple bites today or, oh, this week, you know, we can go to dinner and we're, we're going to dinners and premieres and stuff like a lot of drinking this week. Yeah. I have to figure out when, when do I get to indulge and stick to that? Right. Is it just every Saturday? Never break it. Never, ever. And this is how extreme I've learned about myself. It's like, well, what if there's a wedding on a Friday? If I said every Saturday, I, sorry, can't do it. <laughs> or do you do 90-day runs and then go on a 10-day vacation and just eat and drink? But then I feel like that's going to be toxic. I almost feel like just doing once a week, go to dinner, order chicken parmesan, order the cheesecake, have beer, bring a bottle of wine home, enjoy, and that's it. Yeah. But I can never break it once I figure it out because I will I, – I never want to gain weight again. No, and I think at the end of the day, for each person, it's going to be different. The yeah. kind of plans they follow, we're all we're all wired very, very differently. I could never just complete. I mean, never say never. I could if I needed to, but when it comes to me, balance is a really big thing when it comes to diet and food. I do like to eat healthy, but then. If I want to indulge, I'm just someone who, like, I just know that... You don't have a problem, though. Not really. Because you don't eat a lot. Probably not. Maybe because I have a smaller stomach, but... How do you you get a Philly cheesesteak and french fries and not finish it? Because I'm full. You're a quitter. Do you you know that feeling when you go, No, I don't. (laughs) I shouldn't have another bite. I'm already full. My stomach hurts. You just power through. Power through. But you got big Fred's appetite. <laughs> Fred Sr. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're done. We, we could put a buffet out of business. Oh, my god. Well, not now. My stomach shrunk. Like, I'm never hungry. But, yeah, when I'm eating whatever, I I can do two Big Macs. Easy. Of course you could. Easy. You, you used to really, I could see your appetite would be really big, but now you don't really. No, and it's just that much. season. You know, I, I think coming off of of working on, on television for almost a decade and, and every single day needing to care what you look like and, yeah. you know, being just strict. Even when I was auditioning, like my entire life was always, you got to be a certain weight. Mm-hmm. So I think once we moved to Florida, the pandemic happened. It was like our one year that I was like, it just doesn't matter. I'm going to live, baby. I'm just going to eat and drink and do whatever the hell I want. But then I reached a point where I didn't like myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't like, I you know, I weighed, I was about 215 pounds mm. at my heaviest, maybe 217, and um, didn't like it. Yeah. So, you know, now I'm back down to about 182. And I think this is a really good weight for me. I definitely want to get probably another 10 down and then stay around the low 170s and then build muscle on that. But I never, ever, ever should ever see over 185 unless I end up doing that through muscle. But I don't know if I ever get that stocky. But but there's just, there's no need. So I'm going to take my mom's approach of what she's done her whole life is once I get to like 170 something, 175, just get on the scale every day. If I wake up and I'm 179, the next four days, just don't overindulge. Just be yeah. chill. Then you're back to 175. Eat whatever you want. Then you yeah. back and you just weigh yourself every day. Just don't ever go two months and then get on and go, oh, crap, I'm 196. Mm. And you're like, well, screw it. Then you're 202. Then you feel depressed. You're like, screw it. Now I'm 212. Yeah. Then you're like, all right, just one more weekend. And then you're 217. Right. No, I know. And so well, um, I'm very proud of you. You've come a long way. And I know this is a lifestyle for you. You know what I mean? And I love that for you. So all of that being said, looking back 
at 2021, what would you say is the one thing you really took away from this year that maybe, you know, you learned growth? And then for 2022, are there any certain goals that you really are looking to accomplish? Well, this year was very, um, it's kind of a loaded question because what I learned, like just on top of my head, number one, my health and how I feel about myself really matters. Mm -hmm. I can never allow my health, my weight to ever be Mm deprioritized. It needs to be a top priority because of how I myself talk, how I perceive myself. And maybe it's me projecting, but I get, I'm getting a better response from the world when I feel confident. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I feel really good. So that's one thing that I learned. The other thing, when, when, when someone has a goal or goals as big as we do, you, you unfortunately, you can't just go 95%. And I think the health was what was holding us back for many years, for me anyway, of just more opportunities. Mm-hmm. And um, I just really needed to prioritize that. So I really feel like the past four or five months has been a true look at what we can truly accomplish in a short amount of time when you put everything into it. Mm-hmm. So it's narrowing down my whole, my favorite Bruce Lee quote, which is it's not the increase in your life, it's the decrease. Hack away at the unessential. Mm-hmm. What are things in your life that are not serving your goals? Get rid of them. Yeah. You and I are in a very unique position right now. Like you said, we don't have kids yet. We're living in Florida. We work for ourselves full time. We get to wake up and we have 16 hours to do whatever we want to do and prioritize where we want to go. Zero distractions. We get to literally do what we want to do every day and put the work in without having to tag out, without having to take a break. But we also can enjoy lunch and we take our time off and stuff like that. But I mean, we don't have any other obligations, which is is very unique. Um, And then I I really think it's, it's just understanding that that it's it's time it's time mm-hmm. um hearing a lot of clapping from people and and i really appreciate that and even like your mom she's always like always baffled when i'm just like yeah i mean you know we're just kind of getting started like i feel and she's like what are you talking about like a lot of people i think perceive our lives as successful which i appreciate because i do believe we've had success and there's a lot of like accolades that we've had but what I've always visioned since the moment I moved out to Los Angeles, I haven't even come close to yet. Mm-hmm. I've had just enough of a taste, but it's a toe-in. Right. And I just got to a point in my life, and this year proved it, that um, I need to level up and do more. Like this, this isn't this isn't challenging enough. Like I, I need massive responsibility and accountability and I want to build something incredibly impactful yeah powerful and successful and it forces you to continue to grow as a person and in order for me to truly reflect on all of this brings me back to this whole entire year which was transitioning out of a state for 15 years transitioning out of a career for 15 years and basically just being plopped in a place where you know nobody and, and, and no job and no nothing. And it's just like, well, go go pay your bills, go spend your time, like go do something. Hmm. And we really had to figure everything out. So that's what I learned this year of it was very hard and challenging. 
Yeah. So if anyone's looking to change their career, change location, if you're getting a divorce or getting married or friends, like if you're having a big life change, it's going to be challenging. Right. But it is worth it because as I look back at the year, it took that pain, it took those challenges to get me to the place now Mm -hmm. where it is like nothing standing in my way. Right. I have never been this deep in my bones motivated in my entire life. Ever. Like what I'm willing to give up for it. Yeah. That's the difference. Like I wasn't willing to give up fun or I wasn't willing, like I was giving it like 50% all this time. Mm-hmm. I go, what would it be like if I worked for a couple of years 100% of what I'm capable of? And so that's just how I'm looking at 2022. No distractions, 100% focus, it's time. Let's just like go, The Rock baby. said in that clip, there's going to be a time where you are just sick and tired of not being number one. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is. That summed me up in one line. I, I am that. sick and tired of not being number one. Hmm. In 2022, I'm going to become number one. And that's what I need to do. Let's go, baby. It's about drive. It's about no, hustle. Yeah. The rock. You got to love the rock. Um, what would what would you say your biggest takeaway is for 2021? Hmm. And how can you parlay that into 2022? Like, maybe we could talk about this on, a, on the podcast when we get back, once it's 2022, of um, just some plans. Yeah. But maybe we'll just leave the plans part of it for sure. next year. Sure. Um, but what what's kind of what you learned and what are you taking into more mindset wise maybe Hmm. into 2022 i think the number one thing is don't be afraid to try something new it's never too late to pivot to try a new career to learn a new skill whatever it may be i mean our world is continuously evolving especially with all the technology if you've wanted to be you know i don't a coder or something for a long time and you never did it why not start tomorrow yeah. It doesn't matter. At this point in the world, it doesn't matter. You don't have to just have one goal and one dream that you've known supposedly your whole life when they ask you in high school, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? You're supposed to know. Aren't we always growing? Aren't we always changing? I'm a hugely different person than I was at 21. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just so many things have happened and it shapes you who you are. So, you know, pivoting into real estate was honestly one of the best decisions of my life. And it was something I always wanted to do. And I always knew that I wanted us to come back to Florida. That was pretty much always the plan. And, you know, to pursue real estate, which ended up hap- happening. Um, all that being said, though, make sure you always hold yourself accountable, have a schedule with your new goals and just make it happen. Don't make excuses. Don't say, hey, you know, I'll do it when or I need to finish this first. I think 2021 was a massive year of growth for us and doing new things and and making those awkward transitions. You know, transitions aren't always smooth. (laughs) A lot of times they're awkward and annoying. But keeping, you know, your spirit where it needed to be during those big pivots and those big life changes. So just knowing that you can start something new. Don't be afraid to start at the bottom again. That was really big. And I feel like that's never been an issue for us because we've done a lot of different ventures and we collected our skill set from those ventures, brought them to the next, even if you're starting below. And that's why I think the transition into real estate and actually doing the the business and the deals was easier for me because, you know, of all the experience that I've had in other avenues. So I definitely say 
2021, I learned don't be afraid, try new things, rip the Band-Aid off, go for it, and take that into 2022. I know for me, I really, really want to focus on real estate, you know, obviously continuing to just level up and just go get it in that industry in general, be a top agent. And also, I really want to level up with our podcast too and bring back a lot of guests. There's just so much I want to do, kind of like a revamp, if you will, of it, which we've talked about a little bit. And we just have a lot of really exciting ideas for it because there's so much value that can be given through a podcast. Podcasting and audio is a huge form of how people take their content in these days. So to have that platform, it's like, let's really give it that 120% bringing the best guests, bringing, being the best producers we can be at the moment while we're still doing it all. And, you know, not being too hard on ourselves too, because we do a lot of different things. We really do. We wear a lot of different hats and not that that's a bad thing, you know, but it's just time to condense, condense it so we can really focus on a few things. So I really want to focus on that as well. And being able to make those changes because of different avenues in our life. So I don't know. I I loved 2021 as crazy as it was, as much as it was a roller coaster for sure. It really was. But I wouldn't change it because it led us to exactly where we're at right now. And I know 2022 is going to be a banger. Like, let's go. Let's make it happen. Like your whole The Rock thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm that, sick of not being number one. Let's go. Let's go. Let's yeah. go, baby. And, and, and like you said, I think that was a big takeaway too is just I think that's one of the things I need to work better on is that, that I, I set such high expectations for myself and I'm so hard on myself mm-hmm. that sometimes I have to look back and, and really um, appreciate the work that we've done. And, you know, I, I'm just – I'm and, and just know that if they're going through a rough patch, like it'll pass. Mm-hmm. You're going to get back on it. And, uh, and you know, that's what happened a couple times this year, but it's expected when you're trying all these new things and, but we found it, it all settled. Yeah. It all settled. And so it's just, yeah, it's, it's real estate and then content creation and just focus on those two. Once we can earn a little bit more money outsource so that we can do more of that. And, uh, I think that would be great. And then here, here's the last little tidbit that I want to share with everybody that has really, I'm so proud of this as well, moving into 2021, is if 2022 needs to be your year of sacrifice, make it your year because it's going to free you up completely. Like organizing our finances was huge. Mm -hmm. Moving from California, our overhead was insane. Mm -hmm. When it came to credit cards, when it came to having multiple vehicles, when it came to the rents and just the bills and just, we had a disaster. And sometimes you get lazy like that because I had a really good paying job. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when there's like 250 bucks, like when you're making the kind of money I was making on days, you you just kind of didn't care. Of course. But once you really need to like organize your finances and get things in order, um, it became a really freeing experience. So if anybody's looking for a way to really start pushing that momentum in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Start with paying off your debt. If you feel you want to lose some weight, that's another good one. I'm speaking from experience. If you're yeah. happy with where you are, then that's not for you. But if you're someone who's like, I really need to lose some weight, if you just focus on paying off debt and losing weight, those two disciplines and sacrifices are going to do so much for your life that I can't even explain to you in words how much freer 
I feel shedding debt, shedding weight, Mm -hmm. getting our overhead down and truly understanding. I truly understand what all these financial gurus online have been saying all this time about good debt and bad debt. Mm-hmm. You you got to have yourself a low monthly overhead so that every penny above it you can reinvest in yourself or in a business mm-hmm. that can make you more money that can then buy you the toys that can then grow your business but when you're spending all your money on like a really nice house or really nice cars just for the hell of it but you're stressed in debt Mm-mm. it's not a good look and that's what we were doing for so long so working on paying off credit card debts and just like our credits are great now. They're like excellent. It, it just took, it was just a year of like healing. It was almost like a rebirth. Like I feel like this podcast is almost like I graduated from college. Yeah. As funny as that sounds yeah. of just in certain aspects of my life, like I'm stepping out in 2022 as this new person. Yeah. And it just took me some time to get there. But, um, but yeah, keep your overhead low. This way you're not trapped. And one last little thing to just kind of tie this all up in a bow, especially through this year for me, something that you really need to focus on if you are trying to make these big moves and maybe it's not going to be the easiest path ahead, make sure you got your mindset on lock. Whatever you have to be listening to, whatever you have to be reading, whatever you, if maybe it's music, maybe it's meditation, but all the inner workings of you working on yourself, it's going to allow you to level up and make these changes and you know yeah they're going to be bad days and sometimes you're just gonna be like oh what the heck you know and you'll be really yeah pissed off but by doing all this previous work to keeping your mindset healthy and strong you're going to overcome that a lot easier yeah you know what i mean even with you with your your goals of the weight loss you had a strong mindset that's why you're able to do it mindset's everything so make sure you guys got your mindsets in check in 2022 because that is a very valuable asset to your life. Yeah, and that's all we really have is what you think mm-hmm. about yourself. Thoughts are things. We've heard that mm-hmm. before. And yeah, surround yourself, listen to good stuff, and and get after it now. Start now. Start now. Why not? You know, enjoy the, the holidays. That's what we're going to do. And, and we're going to miss you too. I, I don't think we've missed a a week of podcasting in two years. Wow. We've been doing the podcast for almost four, but we took some breaks the first couple of years figuring it out. But I think the past two years, we have not missed a week. And um, and we're going to miss you. But we're going to, like I said, truly unplug our families together for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. And we'll come back in uh, 2022. And, and uh, we can't wait to chit-chat with you. Yes. And we want to just also thank you. I know we keep on like saying we're about to, we keep on going, <laughs> and uh, anyway, oh, yeah. <laughs> But I just want to Let thank you all you my life story. for uh, for all of your support mm-hmm. because you've really helped us through this transition. You've been so kind. You've been so supportive and tuning in and listening to us share our successes and hear our, our venting and frustrations throughout yeah. the year and over all these years that we've been doing a podcast just means a lot to us. So just know we, we love you and... We're so excited to um, to just wish you a happy holidays, and we'll be back here sometime in the new year. And- yes, and don't forget, everyone, Selling Tampa premieres December 15th on w- Netflix. On Netflix. So whenever you're watching this, go binge watch it because it is going to be good. It is. So, all right, everyone, we'll take care. Have a wonderful holiday, and we will see you next year. 